This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. There's a lot of those. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have my old buddy Kevin Creasy on today. And when you mention Kevin Creasy, it's automatically Oakland football, the champions of, of uh, state football. And uh, you guys uh, are carrying the ball very, very well for Rutherford County. Riverdale tried to take it away from you during the in the championship, didn't they? They did. That was a tough, tough game. That was a tough game. Anybody that missed that game missed a great football contest. Best game of the year. Guarantee you, best yeah. game of the year. Yep. Unbelievable. Now your schedule this year is monstrous, Kevin. Why in the world did you reach out to all these out of state schools that are right at the top of the level? Well, we, we reached out to schools that were close to us, and uh, they were full or couldn't play us or something. And so uh, we weren't able to play a lot of schools that were real close bus drive to us. And so we just uh, had to keep expanding until we found, you know, 10 games. When you're at the level that you guys are, it's hard to get people to play you, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes it is. And, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where uh, – some teams that are looking for a tough opponent, you know, they're yeah. they're willing to play us. You know, CPA, they won the state championship last year. Uh, we're going to play them later in the year, but they mm -hmm. have the same problem we do. But, you know, their coach one year went 5-5 five and five and ended up winning the state championship because yeah. he played a bunch of bigger schools and got his team better and uh, ended up winning the whole thing. So I uh, got a lot of respect for guys like CPA and, you know, South Pittsburgh uh, wanting to play you know, bigger schools, and I did the same thing when I was at Trousdale. We played a lot of bigger schools and yeah. took some lumps, you know, along the way, but got better and and uh, made us a better football team. The I guess the bad part is injuries, because yeah. when you play teams like that, you're almost always going to have some critical injuries. Well, that's what we were always like. You know, if we could get out of there without any injuries, uh, we would find out a lot about our team and uh, a lot of times we were lucky and came away with no injuries. And uh, like I said, we, we found out, you know, what we need to improve on and what we did pretty good. And, uh, you know, if we ever beat one of those big teams, it definitely gave us a lot of confidence. When you're playing a game on national television, and we're talking about it, that that is the game of the week when you go down to Mississippi, it, it, it it's it kind of helps your community where you live, and it raises the football level up to where a, a lot of states cannot even match that, which is amazing to me. 
but it it helps the recruiting of the young people that have uh, the high credentials to go into uh, major schools. You know, they, I, I've I've seen some of the kids come out of here. They've got twenty or more uh, schools trying to recruit them, and and that really does help, doesn't it? It does, you know, with national exposure. You yeah. know, there's a lot of guys that are going to be tuning in. Uh, the team we're playing out of Mississippi, they got kids that are going to college. Yeah. And, of course, they got players on their team that want to make a name for themselves. We got players on our team that feel like they're being under-recruited and they'll want to make a name for themselves that night. So uh, it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, I expect it to be a one-possession game come down to the wire and uh, it's going to be a heck of a contest those guys have won the last two state championships in mississippi well coached really good players a lot of guys back from their team last year uh throw it all over the place and it's going to be at two o'clock on a saturday in the middle of the heat Woo! so <laughs> that's going to be rough on me much less the players i, I can't imagine how how hot it's going to be down in mississippi in uh three weeks I can't wait. Well, that's the thing about it. We got a bunch of people that said they're going to tune in and they're going to watch. Uh, you know, we'd like for a lot of people to come on down and support us, but uh, we understand, you know, with it being on TV, it's a whole lot easier just to tune in and, and watch it watch it on ESPN. You have a great uh, uh, fan base, don't you? We do. We have a lot of support and a lot of people following us. and. Our first game's against Hendersonville, and we expect, uh, you know, that's a rough trip trying to get to Hendersonville, yeah. you know, at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, everybody should leave early, and, and we expect a big crowd. Last time we played Hendersonville, we had a big crowd, and, mm -hmm. and they did too. It was, a, you know, that was two years ago, and there wasn't any COVID around, and so that stadium they had was packed. I hope that they're packed all during the year this year. Absolutely. We do, too. Now, uh, I don't even want to talk about COVID. That just drives me crazy. <laughs> but I do want to talk about the heat. Yeah. The heat has been the worst I've seen in years. And I know that you were practicing this morning when, when I called and reminded you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, how in the early morning it's still – uh, the heat level is, is almost in, unbearable. No, but in the afternoon, do you try to stay a, as much away from the afternoon practices? We do. And, uh, you know, we we had a hot one yesterday. Well, oh, gosh, you, yes. You know, and, and you look at the weather, and they particularly pointed out Murfreesboro, you know. Mm -hmm. At uh, 4 o'clock, they said it was going to be a 113-degree heat index. Now, luckily, those guys don't always get it right, but we knew going in that we needed to make some adjustments. And uh, luckily, there was a storm that came through that cooled stuff down mm -hmm. a little I bit. Got it. But we watched film for a whole hour. Normally, we watch film for about 30 minutes, but mm -hmm. we stayed in a whole hour. And then when we did go out, we only went out in helmets, you know, so yeah. – uh, it the was, pads make it even worse. The pads do make it worse. So we were just in helmets, and uh, we got a little bit done in an hour, and then we went on home because, yeah. you know, we knew we were going to turn right back around and come at, at 530 this morning. So we started a little early, and uh, 
you know, we were real happy with, you know, guys getting there. And, you know, that's a struggle on parents. You know, they got to go to work most of the time and got other kids they got to take school and they got to yeah. wake up and bring their son at 530 in the morning uh, to practice. So wow. That's uh, a little rough on parents, but. I started to call you this morning at six, and I said he won't be up yet. <laughs> you were out there on the on the practice field at five thirty. Yes, sir. Unbelievable. It was rough. It was rough. But like I said, we we got things started real quick this morning. Woke everybody up real mm -hmm. quick. Uh, going with some competition drills. So yeah. you know, it's been so hot. We've been in helmets all week long, and and so we got to go in full pads. And so we got after it this morning. Well, how'd they look? Oh, it was good. It was really good work. Uh, offense and defense got to go against each other, and you know we're not trying to hurt each other, so we're we're careful with that. But we competed on some things, especially throwing the ball and catching the ball, and, and uh, you know the defense won three of them, and the offense won three of them. And wow! It was a really good competition, and like I said, it it really gets the juices flowing early in the morning. So our guys were wide awake by six o'clock. You can you can play offense either with with the running game or the passing game. Mm -hmm. You've been very fortunate in that area. Does it look that way again this year? I think so. You know, we've got uh, one of our best receivers coming off of an injury, and so mm -hmm. his first official practice, you know, uh, wide open will be tomorrow. Wow. Uh, so he's been rehabbing, and uh, he'll be cleared just in time for the season. But he's uh, trying to get a thousand yards, you know, receiving. That's a pretty big accomplishment for a receiver. And our our quarterback, you know, we've every year I've been here, we've had a quarterback throw for over a thousand. Uh, last year, our quarterback threw two interceptions and twenty-four touchdowns. So that's a pretty good touchdown interception. That's a great percentage. So we'd like to try to keep that rolling. Uh, but it's uh, it's a work in progress. Like I said, it's hard to get timing down when. You know, he's been rehabbing all summer, so he's our best target. But we've got other guys on the field that can catch too. So uh, it's always good to have a bunch of different weapons when you're the quarterback. This is probably – Oakland is, is the biggest draw for colleges to come in and look at the players. Does, does that ever interfere with what's going on for the season during that period? Do they ever um, – get to be more of a pain than w what it's worth later on for the players? Well, you know, I have to say with COVID last year, they weren't allowed to come visit and stuff like that. That but was good. We do try to be real hospitable to the coaches that come in, but, you know, a lot of times they'll show up at the same time, and it does kind of get, uh, you know, a little bit distractive, I guess you yeah. could say. Uh, but like I said, we always try to be good hosts to those guys. And uh, likewise – you know, when we go visit them, they do the same thing. So, uh, you do know, they ask your, do they have to ask your permission to come? Uh, no, they don't. But usually, out of courtesy, they'll they'll shoot a text and give us a heads up when they're coming. And uh, a lot of times, I'm you know teaching a little driver's ed, so they'll go and meet with our weight room guys, and they want to usually come and uh, watch them work out. You know, they yeah. like watching them work. So they'll either come at practice or they'll come when we have uh, our, our best guys, our starters in, in the weight class. Do you get a lot of uh, uh, positive reinforcement from your uh, weight people? 
because for, for everywhere I've ever been, they seem to be more of that get up and go and, and you push harder than you ever pushed before. Yeah, yeah, I tell you now, we're real lucky. Uh, we've got Stephen Jackson, which is our D coordinator, but he's yeah. also a certified strength coach. Yeah. You know, and we got Jason Dobbs, who was with me at Trousdale, and he ended up going to Riverdale for a few years. We got him back in the weight room. Coach Anderson's in the what weight room. What happened there? Uh, he, he took a head coaching job at Riverdale, <laughs> and then, I mean, at well, he left Riverdale to take a head coaching job down in Moore County, and then. His uh, sons got to high school, so he wanted to come back and that's a big draw and, and get those guys in in six uh, A ball and yeah and he's got a freshman son that's going to be a hoss. I mean he's already six two, two fifteen, and he plays fullback. So oh wow, he's got some wheels on him and he's got some size. So he's going to be uh, a good player for us in the future. But yeah, yeah those weight room guys uh, they they do they get after it and uh, you know. That's where your culture kind of starts right there, you know. Uh, How many 225-pound 20 reps you got over there? Whew. Uh, not too many. That's a lot of reps. That's a lot of reps. We we keep up with that uh, a little bit. You know, a lot of times we'll put 185 and see how many they can knock out. But, yeah. But we've got some guys that are benching pretty good, but our, our kind of measuring stick a lot of times is, is like the power clean. Yeah. Yeah, we've always noticed our best teams are when we have double-digit guys power cleaning over 225. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got a bunch of those this year. So we're expecting. Why don't you call Doc Crease and get him back over here? Doc Crease has uh, always been an influence on us. You know, uh, yeah, we've we've listened to him for years and years, and he he's taught us a lot, and uh, we still rely on a lot of his methods. How do you feel so far with what you're seeing with, with the team? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's still early. You know, we got some holes that we're trying to fill. We lost some good seniors, you know. I lost a good quarterback. Yeah. Lost an all-state kicker, you know. Kickers and quarterbacks, when you lose them, you appreciate what they did for you the year before, you know. So we're trying to replace our quarterback, trying to replace our kicker. Uh, got two offensive linemen that are playing Division One football, mm -hmm. so we've got two offensive linemen that we've been trying to replace, and then at the same time, we've had a few injuries to some returning starters on the offensive line. So, you know, we've got a lot of new faces up front, and uh, you know, it just takes playing experience to kind of get those guys where they need to be. Uh, but I'll say this: when they go against our D line, they go against some of the best defensive linemen in the state so it's always good uh to get good on good work and uh you know like i said come out there uh get good work but stay healthy and uh so we got a ways to go i can see it you know uh we, i got you a little early didn't I? yeah you got me a little early because i'll tell you we we did not look very good in a couple of our scrimmages at, at times there was times where we did look good but there were other times where you could see there was some chinks in the in the armor, mm -hmm. and so uh, we got a ways to go, and uh, you know you can't crown a champion in August, uh, and there's a lot of football to be played, and I know there's a lot of people in our region that feel like they've got a shot of knocking us off, and they they really do, and then of course uh, you know anything can happen in the playoffs. Well, this is. Uh this is the teaching and, and uh, the welfare type 
things going on right now where it's hard to even um, put a uh, success monitor on anybody this time of year, isn't it? It is, and and like I said, we've had some injuries to some key people, so we're just trying to trying to get all the horses to the race right now. You know, we start up against Hendersonville, but before that, Monday night, we have a JV and a freshman game. So yeah. we want our JV and freshman to be able to play, you know, at 100% with uh, everybody they rely on, you know, coming in Monday. So it should be a, a pretty good week one for us. We got week one Siegel. Our freshmen play at our place. Our JV goes on the road at Siegel. Mm -hmm. And then we turn right back around on Friday and play at Hendersonville. So uh, we got two teams on the road and one at home. It's going to be a good first week. Freshman, is, is, if you start having problems trying to refill uh, fill positions that you have lost, not only from last year, but also from injuries this year, how how often – Will a freshman come in and take the place of someone you or, or a position you need really, really bad, and and see them become successful as the years goes on? Well, I tell you, it's uh, really not happening. We really have sophomores that surprise us. Really, when we have sophomores that play for us, that really surprises us, and we'll have two sophomores starting this year. But freshmen usually come in right around playoff time for us. Mm -hmm. And if they're really special, they'll get some playing time. Like I remember Aaron Moore played as a freshman. He's now starting as a sophomore at Colorado State. Wow. So he, uh, you know, we knew from early on that he was a freshman. Now we limited what he had to do and what he had to learn. Uh, but we, we have a couple kids on our freshman team that by the end of October, I think they will be getting some significant snaps. Is it them growing physically or learning uh, the uh, way that everything is done at Oakland? I think it's one of those where, you know, we allow them to have some success playing freshman ball, you know, mm -hmm. playing against kids their own age. And it's just tough on them when somebody's had four years in the weight room uh, more than they've had. Uh, but a lot of it is mentally. We have a couple kids that physically are ready to play as freshmen, but between the ears, they still are a 14-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just hadn't quite got between the ears what it takes to know and be tough enough to grind it out for four quarters. I think that's one of the things that makes you successful, Kevin. You're not only working on the team for this year, but you're working on the teams to come after this year. And I think that's why you stay at the top of the level all the time. Well, I hope so. I don't know. I, I do have a good freshman bunch. There's not a lot of numbers. Mm -hmm. We're a little disappointed with our numbers with our freshmen. And, you know, uh, they run a pretty tough program down there. So, They've trimmed the fat already, so a lot of guys that aren't 100% committed have already decided to do other things. Uh, but this freshman bunch has got my son on it, so I've been following them around. They played Oakland youth football together, and so we've had this bunch good together. Good quarterback. We've, Very good We've quarterback. had them together for a while. You know, he's playing a little quarterback, but, you know, we've had some of these guys 
practice with the varsity. Yeah. You know, we've had, uh, like I said, Coach Dobbs' son, we've got a big lineman that's 6'6". He's been practicing a little bit with the varsity. Uh, we got a special player uh, with TT. I presume he's an offensive. He's an offensive lineman, yep. And uh, we've got an athlete. Uh, TT uh, has came over, and, and he plays on both sides of the ball. Uh, we're tickled to death with his progress. Uh, but our freshmen have they've done really well in their two scrimmages. So uh, we're expecting big things out of them. And, and uh, you know, they have it now where they have a little playoff uh, where they can uh, – you know, have a two two game playoff. They seed each other, and uh, they uh, they have a freshman championship. They mm-hmm. started that last year, and our freshmen came up on top last year. So we expect them to to make the playoffs, and you know, we'll see what happens after that. But we want them to make the playoffs, and and uh, you know, maybe even win a repeat championship. That'd be good if the freshmen could do it. Maybe that'd make our middle school do it, and. That would make our JV do it, and maybe our varsity do it, because it's been a long time since anybody in Rutherford County has repeated as a as a state champion. I don't think it's I, I I don't think it'll be a long time after this year. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, Sonny Gray and the guys at Smyrna did a heck of a job. Oh, they sure did. Oh seven, oh eight. Yeah. Um, I think no, oh six, oh seven. You know. Uh, they had a heck of a team in 06, 07, and, and they, they're the only ones that I know that repeated around here. So yeah. uh, it's a tough thing to do. But He was an unbelievable athlete. He was. He was a heck of a player. Including uh, baseball. Including baseball, absolutely. <laughs> he's still doing pretty good in baseball. I would say he's doing all right. Not bad at all. Yes. Huh? Smyrna's right. always had great baseball players come out of yeah. that area. Um, when When you're coaching the freshman team, I presume they uh, are taught the same schemes in, in, in defense and offense that, that the regular varsity is taught. Yes. Now, we have our own freshman staff, and, and they try to marry up our terminology with what they're doing as much as they can. And, you know, we give them a little free will to do, you know, maybe have a trick play or two on their own or, you know, do something a little different uh, as far as a blitz or two. But they are going to run our stuff and our system and coach them up the way we're supposed to. And uh, our middle school, you know, Oakland Middle School is where we get 90% of our players, and they've had a great run. You know, they won championships, championships. And uh, they run our exact offense. They call it the same thing. Mm -hmm. They run our defense. We've got the junior Patriots. They're running similar stuff to us and, mm-hmm. and numbering their hose the same way as we do and, you know, blocking down and kicking out and running outside speed sweeps and stuff. It's fun to watch them knowing that we kind of got a little farm system yeah. uh, that leads them into what we're doing. And, and then, you know, uh, you know, we, we've got a, we've got it going on. And then if somebody moves in, they're, they're going to be behind and it's going to take them a while. It sounds like you're on the same level of coaching as that they are in college the way you do it. So uh, instead of a, a college team looking down into the high school teams, you go down in the middle school area, and they're constantly learning all the way through until they get into, the, say, a, uh, a sophomore level or whatever. They're almost ready to go by the time they get there. Well, we did that when I was at Trousdale. You know, my son was on the Pee Wee Bunch back when he was uh, 
five years old. Luckily, when he was four, I lied to him and told him that he couldn't play, and somebody mm -hmm. told him the truth when he was five. So he's been playing since he's five, and he's been running the wing tee since he was five years old. And, uh, you know, we had actually stolen that idea from Maryville. You know, we went and uh, looked into who was running the best programs in the state. And Maryville, they were up there. Maryville won so many state championships. Mm -hmm. We wanted to see what they were doing. And, and, you know, their middle school and youth football and all those guys were on the same page doing the same things. And when they got up to high school, they'd been doing it for six, seven, eight, nine years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, so we tried to model ourselves after those guys, and they still do a heck of a job. You know, it's amazing. I don't know if you keep up with baseball much or not, Kev, but um, you remember the movie Field of Dreams? Yes. Uh, they're going to play a major league game tonight at the Field of Dreams, which is in Iowa. Right. And, and uh, They did say if you build it, they will come. Yeah, and evidently they're, they're <laughs> doing it. I so mean, it's did. right on. I, I, those things just absolutely fascinate me. And, and I love the way they're built and how they uh, continue on. And I think that's one of the things. Of course, I like you. You're a great coach. And you, you, uh, And when we get back, I'm going to ask you how, of course, that Field of Dreams was based on a father and son relationship. And that was in baseball. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you something about that when we get back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Kevin Creasy. Oakland High School Championship Coach. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell's self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Ow, that hurts. What is that? It must be the mosquitoes. Why are they swarming around us? Because you set up our tent next to a pond. Oh, I need something for these bites. How about the summer instant games from the Tennessee Lottery? If you win, maybe the next place we vacation won't be next to a pond. Hey, can you scratch this for me? You're back? No, the ticket. Play the summer instant games with chances to win up to $1 million. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. You'd be amazed to learn what one Tennessee lottery ticket can lead to. For you, it could be lucky, but for others, it could open the door to so much more. With more than $6 billion raised for education, the Tennessee Lottery has proudly funded over 1.5 million scholarships and grants. That means, on average, more than 130,000 Tennesseans every year continue their education just because you played. The Tennessee Education Lottery, game-changing, education-benefiting fun. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. 
The mayor of Murray County is offering religious exemptions to the school board's mask mandate in Williamson County. Williamson County School Board issued a mask requirement for elementary schools Tuesday night. In a post on social media, Murray County Mayor Andy Ogles told Williamson County Paris he would, quote, gladly sign their children's religious exemptions for mandatory masks in school. Ogle said mask and vaccine requirements are a violation of religious rights, and he's had some pastors tell him they're willing to meet with anyone who needs them to sign off on their beliefs. The 14th annual Cook and Build offers all-you-could-eat homemade soups, stews, and chili around the historic Rutherford County Courthouse on Saturday, November 6th. One of its traditions is to paint your own bowl to be filled with a soup or stew of your choice at the event. Volunteer coordinator Megan Hutchings told News Radio WGNS those bowls can be painted at the Murfreesboro Pottery Place. It will run through October the 15th. They can go to either Pottery Place location, the one um, at the Avenue or the one beside Nukes on Memorial, and they will have the painting to go as an option again this year as well. 100% of the proceeds benefit Habitat for Humanity. A former Sumner County teacher accused of offering a teenage boy money in exchange for sex. Sumner County Sheriff's Office says a parent reported last month that the 16-year-old had received social media messages from 42-year-old retired teacher Carrie Norman. Deputies say they also found Norman sent nude pictures of herself to the teen. She's been indicted on charges of sexual exploitation, aggravated statutory rape, and sexual exploitation of a minor by electronic means. Follow us on Twitter at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Adams Place Retirement Community is a part of National Healthcare Corporation. In 1971, the founder, Dr. Carl Adams, had a vision to provide higher quality health care for seniors. His dream was to create a campus concept that offered in-house services for residents as they age with different needs. Call 615-904-7100 and schedule a tour. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. A heat advisory will go into effect here late this morning. We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon. A blend of clouds and sunshine develops with a high in the mid-90s. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 74. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place. Home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Oakland coach Kevin Creasy. And uh, I, I gave you a little bit of a hint. When, yeah. when we went off the air about um, coaches' sons when they play for special schools. And uh, not only uh, 
to me, being a quarterback would be the toughest of all to have a great relationship between the coach and the son. Because we, we've seen it here at MTSU and yeah. things like that and uh, all across the country. And uh, how is it? It's it's tough, isn't it? Oh, so you yeah. got to be a daddy and you got to yeah. be a coach. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I think, like you said, a great example was uh, at middle. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach Stock and his son, uh, they had a great run, and now they're coaching together. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, and seem to be working well together. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. I knew that he'd be a great coach someday. Uh, I think it was pretty neat watching those two, you know, have all the success they had and, mm-hmm. you know, overcome some adversity, you know, through injuries and stuff. And, and like I said, Brent had a great great run, and now they're going to have a great career together as, as coaches. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's – it's good and bad being the coach's son. You know, you get get in on some uh, uh, action sometimes. I'll bring him up every once in a while and let him go with the varsity, and then next thing you know, he's being treated like a varsity player. So, uh, you know, he takes some chewings, and it's pretty funny because uh, we've always said we'll treat you just like we do our own kids, and then we're chewing his butt when he makes a mistake. And then, of course, the freshman staff, they're getting after him too. and uh, That's just part of being a player, but – you know, as far as being a coach's son, you know, we try not having too many discussions about football unless he brings it up. And uh, I'm sure he gets a lot of flack from some of the players, you know, uh, being the coach's son. But I think they, they see that he's treated like everybody else, maybe even a little tougher. And that's that's yeah. where it gets a little rough is sometimes you treat them a little tougher when they're your own just to let everybody know that he doesn't get special privileges or anything like that. But uh, like I said, he's been around the game long enough. He, he, uh, he's kind of a little gym rat, you know, being around the field house so much. So it, it's pretty neat having your kid on the team, and yeah. and it'll pay, you know, it'll pay dividends uh, later on. But right now he's he's going through what all freshmen go through, and it's going from the big fish in a little pond at the middle school and coming over and being a little fish in a big pond, and and uh, you know, plus he has to ride with me to school in the morning, so. You know, if somebody gets in trouble like it did the other day, he's got to come in at 6 in the morning instead of 8 o'clock like normal people. And uh, he gets to watch film with everybody else, and, and it's pretty – That's a plus. It's pretty neat. Like I said, yeah. he's he's learning from hopefully other people's mistakes. Yeah. You know, one the family that I just absolutely love in, in football, of course, is the Manning family. Of course, I'm a UT, yeah. big UT fan. But his dad uh, – uh, Archie did so much for Peyton, uh, and I followed Peyton more than I did, did the rest of them. But uh, it was um, it, it, that relationship was unreal. But the mom, Archie's wife, mm-hmm. was a big time uh, uh, plus in that family it, when you think about it. And I would support. I would believe. That yeah. your wife is the same way. Come on, give her some credit. That's right. Katie Katie Dillahay Creasy, she has uh, always been around football, you know. She's from Trousdale County, so it's kind of inbred in you there. Yeah. If you're going to be from Trousdale, she was a state championship ball girl, mm-hmm. you know, and her brothers played, and both of those guys were quarterbacks, and they both won state championships. Uh, so it's pretty neat. I think uh, – I think she's definitely one that she'll get after him too if if he needs it, and then uh, likewise she'll she'll support him, uh, you know, just like a mother would. But 
you know, she expects him to do well. You know, she's been around good football enough. She expects him to do well and want nothing to be given to him, and both of them understand that. So I think it's it's one of those deals, you know, uh, if he brings it up, we talk about it, we just try not to At the dinner table? overwhelm him. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I, I've been around so many parents, especially quarterback parents, that just wear their kid out and, you know, the father or the mother wants it worse than the kid does most of the time. Yeah. And, and uh, so it's one of those deals. You don't want to burn a kid out. You want them to want it as bad as you do. But uh, if they don't, it's going to be a hard time for them to, to, to perform to the level that you're expecting. So yeah. uh, luckily my kid, he, he's, he's, a, he's a football fan. So uh, he loves the game, loves watching it, loves playing, loves practicing. Uh, you know, played on seven on seven teams. So he's uh, he's going to be a big fan of football uh, for years to come. And if you don't watch out, he might be a coach. I've been trying to talk him out of it. You know. Now, why would you do that, Kevin? Because that's a well, great you know that, it's that, a, that's a great position. It's a noble profession, and yeah. that's uh, you know it's it's a lot of good comes out of it, but. You know, it's a lot of time spent. I just think, you know, there's probably an easier way to make a living. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm in Adam's place as we speak. I might need a good retirement home someday, and I, I need him to be able to afford to send me to Adam's place. And, and right now, I don't know if he can do that off a of teaching salary. I need him to kind of go make Oh, your name is going to be so big around here, Kevin. After you get through with all your careers in, in football, They'll have a they'll have a place for you. They'll probably just give you it to so? you. you. Yeah, think so? you're a big draw around here. All right. Well, reserve me a, a window. Uh, I need a I need a window with a view. Uh, but yeah, I'm like I said, I'm I'm trying to be nice to him too, because like I said, he probably is going to control my retirement. So uh, if you think I got a spot, that might be even better. Yeah. Well, they won't let me come in here, but they won't. No, I aggravate everybody, but <laughs> I, I'll put in a good word for you anyway. All right. Tell me, t tell me about watching film, because I remember a day when nobody even knew what film was except for the coach, right. and and never shared it with the players themselves. Yeah. Um, how important is it to be able to re relay that all all that information in and still teaching them? Uh, all all the things that they need to have available when they get on the the field itself. Well, you know, with technology, every one of our players seems to have you know an iPhone or some type of uh, Android, so they can actually watch it on their phone. You know, they can watch it on their laptop. So with a push of a button, we can send them film of our opponents, mm -hmm. or we can send them film of our practice that day. Uh, you know, Coach Watson does a good job of arranging our film setup in which uh, we we film practice all the time and then we show them ourselves, which they like watching themselves, you know. Of course. And then, of course, uh, our opponents that are coming up, we get to watch those guys and kind of break them down. And, uh, you know, we just got to make sure people know how to watch film. You know, don't watch the ball necessarily. Watch your position. Watch the guy that you're going to go against. And and see how they play and see what mm -hmm. we can do uh, to to have success against that guy on Friday night. So there's a lot that goes into it, and we spend a tremendous amount of time on film. We feel like film is one of the best teachers that we got because yeah. we can show it to them. We bring them in a lot of times on Sunday afternoons and kind of 
try to go through the film with them and and uh it's one of those things that we we feel like uh film tells a lot and uh, we can learn a lot from there do the opposing coaches get to select the film that's sent to you well it's one of those gentleman agreements that you pretty much uh, gentlemen's agreement yeah really coaches? that's right we we always swap the last two films mm -hmm. so you know uh those guys like Coach Kreisky over at Riverdale, they seem, how, I don't know how they get all the film, but they get all kinds of film uh, working out deals. Did they, did they get film of your uh, in your championship game or almost championship game? Uh, you know, getting ready for our playoff game, you know, they probably had years of film on us. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing about it. It was we, brutal. We had a heck of a battle with those guys. Yeah. And like I said, they, they know a lot about what we do. And, uh, you know, familiarity, you know, makes it tough mm -hmm. when you play the same team a lot of times twice in one year. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely swapping film. And, you know, everybody's pretty good at that. You know, here at the beginning of the year, you don't really have a lot of film to swap. Yeah. But by the time we play a Riverdale. Last year's film wouldn't even matter. Well, you know, it probably doesn't. But a lot of times – People do the same thing that they did the year before, and that's that's kind of what we're known for. A lot of people kind of know, you know, what we're going to do, but hopefully they don't know when we're going to do it. So Yeah. Everybody wants to play for a championship team, don't they? A lot of them do. Yes, sir, a lot of them do. So we, uh, we you know, we're trying to. I'm sure the guys across town are trying to. Yeah. Guys in Memphis, East Tennessee, and Williamson County, they're trying to. So. Uh, that that's the ultimate is to win that last game. Yeah, when you come out of uh, the stadium over here at Oakland and they come out on the field for the first time, they're pretty proud of what they accomplished last year. And each time that you win, it 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 makes it even more important to the players to be able to play at the level that you guys have played. It, it, it's it's unreal. I, I know when we played at Central, oh, my gosh. I mean, you were playing for Murfreesboro, and you were playing for the team and the history of the team. That makes that really makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does. And, and, you know, that's one thing we've tried to harp on since we got here. Kids are, you know, they're a little bit different than they were when me or you were growing up. You know, this recruiting thing has become A, number one, uh, but we want it to be for the team first. Yeah. What can you do for the team first? Not a lot of people think like that anymore, but luckily we got a good group of guys that have uh, done their best to help out the team. You know, I thought it was impressive last year. We didn't tell anybody, but our running back, he had a torn ligament in his knee. Oh, wow. And he played on it the whole year, and he's going to Georgia. You know, and then we have a kid that's committed to Miami, Isaiah Horton. He had a torn knee as well. Played on now, it what the was whole torn year. in his knee? Uh, MCL. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And so. Wasn't an ACL. No, no. But we had a kid that tore his ACL and was out for five weeks and <laughs> came back in the playoffs and to played on a torn ACL. Who's doing your surgeries now? <laughs> Well, I know uh, it's TOA. Dr. Jordan. You know Michael Jordan. Dr. I'm, Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, boy, he's. You I'm used to be Tommy Johns, did everybody's yes, for years. Yes. Yes, Dr. Johns. Yeah, I hear Dr. Jordan is really good. Yes, Dr. Johns. Uh, I think Dr. Jordan 
first got his start under Dr. Johnson. He did. And I'm telling you, we are so lucky to have a good team doctor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of times Dr. Jordan, you know, he'll just shoot it straight, you know. I guess mm -hmm. that's the best way to do it as a doctor. He lets us know exactly what's going on, how long it's going to take. And, uh, you know, he's he's worked on these guys and got them back. And, but what I'm saying is the point is a lot of teams, you know, they got players that might opt out. You know, they may skip their senior year. They may, wow. you know, they may fake an injury just to not have to go through and play. And and so then uh, that that that's that's aggravating to me. That happens. It happens. The, the team is the name of the game. And and that's what I'm saying. When you got a guy that's already got all these offers, like Isaiah going to Miami or or Jordan going to Georgia, mm -hmm. you know. Those are the kind of guys that people are in their ear, you know, probably, you know, you got a college career. Well, those two, they know they're still in high school. Yeah. You know, they like their teammates. They want to play hard for their teammates and their team. And, and so that's what's impressive is knowing that, you know, with all these people opting out, they could have easily done that. Uh, but they played through injury last year. And that's a, that's a great uh, testament to them and how much they appreciate their teammates. And we expect the same thing this year. Well, I think that you demand those type things. You have to be able to do that. It takes a strong coach to hold a team together in, in today's world. It, yeah. it really does. And we see a lot of that happening in colleges when they're they're going to bowl games or whatever, and they're expecting a, a multi-million-dollar contract for one of the pro teams. That's right. And they feel like that – and sometimes those injuries do uh, set them back a little bit. Well, I've talked to people at the highest level, you know, Alabama, Clemson, and they have told me that, you know, they want to know about a kid. Has this kid ever opted out? Or has he ever decided that maybe he don't need to play this week? Has he ever faked an injury? You know, they want to know – and I'm asking them, you know, does that just tell you about their character or something? Yeah. And at the end of the day, they say, well, listen, if a kid won't play for their high school team, if they'll make up something and they want to just get to college, they just worried about their college career, mm -hmm. well, guess what? In three years, when we've had them and invested all this time and energy, they'll do the same thing to us. They'll not play hard their senior year for us. They'll wait and maybe skip out on their senior year or junior year knowing that they're going to be drafted. Yeah. You know, if they're going to do it to their high school coach and their high school teammates that they have grew up with and they love, then in a few years they could easily do it to their college coach and then start worrying about their football, NFL football career instead. So, you know, I think that was a great point. You know, that, that shows you – a lot about Clemson and Alabama because Clemson and Alabama a lot of times have guys that are going to go to the NFL. Yeah. They're going to be future millionaires. But you see those guys playing through injuries. You see them not skipping out on bowl games. You see them playing hard. It's quite impressive. Now, we're seeing something happening right now that's got me scared a little bit about the, the future of sports. And, and in football in particular, because uh, they're starting to get their names out now. 
they're starting to make money off of their names, which is coming in in the near future. And how is how is that going to affect uh, the team uh, as it grows? Because a lot of these players are wanting to start making that large amounts of bucks just strictly people like quarterbacks and, yeah. and, and, and those type. Um, their their um, numbers are going to mean mean uh, quite a bit of money for them coming up, and these other players that are there, probably very little will they be making. Yeah, yeah, I I can believe that, and that's going to put a strain on some coaches. You yeah, know? Uh, when you know ten percent of the locker rooms getting paid and ninety percent's not. Yeah, but you know there's always been jealousy. You know, in anything that you do, you know you got jealousy. You know, as a, a workforce, you know, you go yeah. to work and people are jealous. You can go to the club and people are jealous. Uh, so, you know, you got to be able to handle that and, and figure out solutions. Uh, the one thing I heard, this quarterback, I forgot what college it was, but he was going to get paid a lot amount of money, and he decided that he and his teammates would all share that amount of money. Well, good for him. And I thought, man, what a great well, they'll move. love him. What a great move for a quarterback. Yeah. You know, for him to disperse all that income because nobody really knows what's going to happen with that. Nobody really knows the rules yet. Yeah. Uh, but when they made that decision, uh, there's been a lot of people that have made money, uh, especially, you know, at the skill position. But when that quarterback decided to share with everybody in the locker room, I was like, well, I'll tell you what. He's the, probably the most popular guy in that whole whole university right now. He's smart. Very smart. Because I can remember when uh, quarterbacks would have some great games, they'd take their offensive linemen out to big dinners or That's buy them right. a car. I know uh, uh, Peyton did that. They'd That's buy right. them a nice vehicle because they were making all that money. Why not share it with the guys? That's, but, you, you know, I, I like the purity of sports. Right. But we're losing a lot of it by – just strictly having certain names that are coming out, and the other guys, uh, they're completely unknown on the team. Yep, yep. And, you know, guys like offensive linemen, you know, guys, hard. guys like long snappers, a lot of times people don't know them until they mess up and stuff yeah. like that. But, you know, they've kind of been accustomed to their role and, and know that a lot of times they don't get the credit they deserve. But, you know, I think that's a huge life lesson, too. Shoot, yeah. I got a bunch of coaches that do a heck of a job for me, and they give me all this credit when they should be getting a lot of it, too. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, it's it's one of those deals where nobody knew my name when I was the hardest-working assistant, you know, in West Tennessee, and I was busting my tail in Bolivar, and we were 7-3 and three or 6-4, and four and, you know. So my head coach got a lot of the credit, but then he got a lot of the blame, too. So it – it works both ways. Yeah. I think that's one good thing about – I'm not an Alabama fan, first of all. I want you to know that. Right. Um, but the guy seems to know how to get the most out of his team and the most out of his assistant coaches because it's not unusual to see Saban in the face of some of his uh, um, uh, coaches Assistants. on the sideline and some of them have big, big names, That's but right. you see him. He doesn't let up on them. And, right. and that, that does um, – it, it strikes me as somebody that really knows his business. Absolutely. I talked to Doug Marone. Mm -hmm. I think he is the 
son-in-law of Boots Donnelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was former NFL coach just a year ago. Yeah. And their offensive coordinator, he is a former head coach of the Texans. Mm-hmm. He has two NFL head coaches on his staff that he hired this summer. And I talked to him about, you know, they were recruiting Isaiah Horton. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about when he's coming down, visiting, going to camp, all that. And the next thing you know, I was like, well, how's it going? You know, and and they told me, they said, we have been working ourselves to death. You would not believe what he demands of us. Yeah. We hadn't worked this hard in quite some time. And, you know, it wasn't just the recruiting. It wasn't just the X's and O's. They had camps that they were working, and they were getting there at daylight, and they were leaving at midnight, mm-hmm. and they did it day after day after day. And these guys were NFL head coaches just a year ago making millions of dollars. And like you said, they respect him enough where when he tells them to do something, they do it. Now, what is it they get from it? Because they leave successful programs to come to Alabama because they're losing coaches all the time because mm-hmm. – they're going to head coaching positions. Right. And uh, are they looking for the future as far as their careers are concerned, knowing that they're being watched on all the games, uh, everybody's focusing on them and what kind of job they're doing, all these schools are. Absolutely. Um, is, is that the big draw in Alabama? Because they don't seem to lose anything when their coaches leave uh, you would think they would lose you know a thing or two when their coaches leave but you know there's a lot of guys that have revamped their careers you know mm-hmm. they've been fired or they've been let go and you look at you know what it's done for lane kiffin's career you know what why did you mention that now? i'm just saying he has he has got it rolling and he's got him another head coaching job at a division one school uh, but you know the new coach at marshall he was the running backs coach Mm-hmm. you know, at Alabama a year ago. So they go there, and a lot of times it revamps their career. You know, Coach uh, Sarkeesian, yeah. you know, his career was on a kind of a downward spiral, and mm-hmm. now he's the head coach of one of the best programs, you know, as far as logistics and money-wise at Texas. You know, mm-hmm. he's now the head coach at Texas. So I'm sure people are going there because they know they're going to learn a lot from Coach Saban, but at the same yeah. time uh, it should help their career. Well, you know, Kiffin stepped on his own neck because he came into a program that had great history behind it, and uh, they, they, all the fans, they were very much supportive of him. And then when he just turned around on a dime and threw him underneath the bus, that's what happened to UT. I mean, that was the biggest problem with the coaching at UT is when he decided to leave. It just uh, uh, just about destroyed the program for all these years now. I think it's going to come back. In fact, I know it will. In my lifetime, I don't know, but I'm <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. But you know, Kiffin was uh, uh, he he was broadcasting that he would love to come back to UT. That's where he wanted to come, mm-hmm. and um, they wouldn't accept him. Well, I, I tell you, he's. He's uh, gotten wiser over his years, kind of like we all, all get, like we all, all of get us. that way. That's right, and so he probably realizes what a good thing he had at UT, and and now he really does have a good thing going at Ole Miss as well. And and he's a heck of a football coach, you know. And I think he's a great offensive. Coach. Probably a whole lot better than he used to be when 
He was hired I mean, as a young head coach. Yeah, and he had his dad with him. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, that meant a lot to him back then because he got a lot of uh, uh, football knowledge from his, his right. father at the time. Absolutely. But he would he would have been perfect at, at UT. And uh, his name would probably, uh, he'd probably have a statue over next to Peyton somewhere. Right. If he hadn't have done that. He might be up there beside of Alvin Kamara on the back of their Jumbotron. They just hung Alvin Kamara's picture up they there. They should have played. I mean, bless their hearts. Why they didn't play him more, I'll never know. The man has got so much talent. Right, no doubt. Yeah. I agree with you. You know, you're, that's the bad thing about being a coach, Kevin. You're, you're judged by the decisions that you made, and, and people will always remember it. And you know the bad thing about being a head coach? What's that? They remember the bad things more than <laughs> they remember the good things. That's right. That's, that's just the way the world is these yeah. days. And hindsight is twenty twenty, so it's a whole lot easier after the fact to make all those tough decisions. Yeah. But I'm proud of you, and I'll rem I won't ever remember anything bad that you do. Well, good. Just uh, make sure they save me a spot over here. Give me a room over here because this is a nice place. It is a nice place. Adam's Place has got it going on. This is awesome. Well, it's got everything that anybody would need, and they're, they're treated like kings and queens over here. And they come from all over the world. I mean, they really do. Uh, people would come. They've heard about it, and they come in here and all these. I talk to them a, a, lot, a lot. A lot of the ladies and guys are will come in and I'll sit there and talk to them and I'm just one lady is from Brooklyn and she used to go to the Brooklyn Dodger baseball games when she was a little girl wow and it, it just thoroughly amazes me of course um they uh sold out Ebbetsville and right. headed to uh California which is and she still remembers that so it's uh sports in a way is one of the best things and sometimes one of the worst things that can happen to you. But as a kid, you grew up. You grow up with that. Yep. And people are going to remember Kevin Creasy for probably the rest of their lives, <laughs> especially when you win another championship this year. Well, it, I don't know about that, but we'll uh, we'll see. That's why we sell those season tickets. Miss Hodge is in the office right now selling season tickets. I thought she was out on a fire drill. Uh, I think she's back now. <laughs> It's a little hot for a fire drill, so I think she's back inside. And I don't think it's a fire drill. I think it's a heat drill. It may be, but that's what Stay I'm saying. Stay inside, people. You know, those predictions, you got to watch those predictions. But yeah. uh, we do like that pressure being on us. Ain't nothing wrong with high expectations. But, again, that's why they play the game, and that's why we sell the tickets. So just go on up there and see Miss Hodge, and she'll sell you a season pass. Terry Hodge, that was his biggest biggest plus in his whole life wasn't it if he hadn't married her oh, there's no, no telling what he'd be right now i can only imagine yeah we maybe off the air we could talk about what we think he would end up being yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll see you um next show take care NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.